Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, church. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Pastors Hilma and Tim, for having me. Greetings from the campus ministry. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> um, so, yay, we are concluding our Priceless Pursuit series, and we are... Um, going to share on the pursuit of nations, but before that, let's just bow our heads and pray. Um, so Father, I want to thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord God, that you came, you lived, you died, now resurrected for us, Lord. We thank you, God, that um, we can really enjoy and live purposeful lives, Lord, because of everything that you've done for us. And this morning, as we hear this message on pursuing the nation, going after the lost uh, people and every people group. I pray, God, that our hearts are open and re- uh, ready to receive from you, Lord God. And I pray that we would hear, receive, and respond to the word in faith, in love, and in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Great. Um, so like Pastor Hilma said, my name is Selma Joseph. I'm currently serving as the Every Nation Campus Director here in Venduk, and in the Southern Africa region, I serve in the Every Nation Ministry School as a mentor for students doing the campus ministry and church planting track. Um, So it has been a privilege of uh, both going to the nations. I've been in Berlin, Asia, Zambia, and also actually journeying with people that are being equipped and prepared to go to different nations. Right, so, like I said, we are concluding the series, and I'm really hoping that we've been impacted every time we come here and receive the word, and as we go out, we're actually making an impact wherever the Lord is leading us. So it's not just to hear the word, it was great, it was nice, and then we go back home as though we do not know anything, all right? Um, so, priceless pursuit, I have a question, um, just to begin with, and... You'll have one minute to answer and keep the answer to yourself, okay? So here is the question. Was the great commission of Jesus in Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, just for the believers present at the time? So was this great commission just given to the people that were sitting or standing around Jesus when he said that at that time? So you have one minute to answer. According to the campus time, the one minute is done. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, we have a different time. So if your answer to this question is yes, that the Great Commission was just for the people there that time, we need to spend more time with you in discipleship because that's a foundational issue, okay? And if you believe that, that great commission was for us also today. Then I have another question for you. What are the practical implications on your life because of it? Okay. So I want you to think for a minute. What does it mean for you and I today? Knowing and understanding that the great commission applies to us also. The 
campus time is also up. So I hope you have made a mental note, you've written down something. Uh, because we cannot live as though the Great Commission doesn't apply to us if it actually applies to us. Okay? So, priceless pursuit. Um, I received the slides from Teacher Kelloline uh, during the week, and I was already excited to see, like, just priceless pursuit, pursuit of the nations. You know, I really love nations. Um, so I thought, ah, priceless. So, like, if you look up Google Dictionary or whatever, uh, the priceless actually means something is too precious that you cannot determine the price or it's costly, okay? So then they already, God started reminding me that, you know what? There is a cost, yes. But the great cost for a person, for a people group or the nation, it has already been paid by the Lord Jesus Christ. So the moment he hung on that cross dying, for you and I, and for the nations, he paid that cost that was there to reach and disciple the nations, okay? So, and we can pursue now the nations, we can go to the people, we can go to different nations to share the gospel and disciple others because God has always pursued us. And he is pursuing the people in the nations that do not know him yet, people that do not have a relationship with him yet. And he's going to do that through us. Just like you and I sitting here this morning, somebody actually preached the gospel to us. Somebody was used by God to share the gospel to us, to demonstrate the love of God to us, and we were convinced and convicted of the love of God, and we are sitting here this morning. So we ought to do that for the people that are not here, because everything that we do in and out of church should be so that God is worshipped in the nations. So we don't go to discipleship group meetings just for the sake of going. You are going there to be equipped, to be inspired, to be empowered, so that people in your social circle, people wherever you find yourself that do not know God yet, may come to the saving knowledge of God. Okay. So we don't do just, let's come here, hear the word, amazing, close our notebook, go home, come back next Sunday, next Sunday no. We are doing everything so that God is worshipped in the nations. Um, I like the saying, I think it's by John Piper, that mission exists because worship doesn't. That is the ultimate reason why we do missions. Because wherever we're going, people are not living a lifestyle of worship. And it's more than the songs we sing. So we go to different people groups, we go to different nations because the worship of God does not exist there. So we go, share the love of God, preach the gospel to them, demonstrate the love of God, do all the good deeds that we love to do, discipling the people so that they begin to live a life of worship unto God. Okay? So then, our main scripture for today. This one makes me so excited. Very happy. Every time I read it. It says there, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And as I was sitting meditating on this verse, I suddenly remembered that Selma, God has always had the heart for the nation. Well, he made them. God has always loved the people. 
God has always had a heart for the nation, like his heart has always been nations, different people groups, okay? So then I remember the scripture in um, Genesis 12. So this is just after the Tower of Babel and people scattering in different languages, then forming their own culture, and then God picking Abraham and his descendants, like that people group, and saying, you know, I will bless you so that you'll be a blessing to the nations. And you know, this goes all the way to Matthew, like this verse now. So Jesus is not introducing something new. It's a continuation of what God has always been doing. Picking a person or a nation, blessing that person or a nation, and using that to bless all the nations of the world. And then it ends in Revelation 7, where there was a multitude of people all standing before God in worship. And guess what? Every nation was represented there. Okay, so we're going to read Genesis 12, verse 1, 2, 3. And it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you, all the families, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay? So it started already there in Genesis. God has always had a heart for different people, different families, for the nations. Okay? And the Great Commission, it is for the, all of us. Okay? To a young person going to primary school, kindergarten, your kindergarten, wow. Anyway, going to kindergarten, primary school, high school, university, uh, graduates, young professionals, uh, moms and dads, the Great Commission applies to us even today. And there are people in our social circle, in our friendships, in the marketplace where we are, in the communities that we are, that do not have a relationship with God yet. And let me tell you this morning that you and I have what it takes to make an impact in the lives of these people. So we have in us all it takes to make an impact in the nations with the gospel for the glory and worship of God. It's already in you. It's around you. So number one, you have the Holy Spirit with you. You know the great promise, I will be with you always? So the Holy Spirit is the master witness, and he is with you as you reach out, as you make disciples. Number two, you have your life testimony, a transformed life that you are living right now. It will witness to the world around you. And then you have a community of believers, your friends from church, your discipleship group, this community that you are part of. Jesus said that people would know that we are his disciples by the way we love one another. So when you love your brothers and sisters out there, it witnesses to the world. And then you have your talents and gifts. You have skills. You know. So there is basically no excuse as to why we shouldn't be reaching out and making disciples or making an impact in other people's lives. Okay? So... 
we have to start seeing ourselves as missionaries to wherever God has placed us. That changes everything. You know what you believe about yourself and what you believe about God and where you are actually determines what you do and don't do while you are there. So if you do not believe or even think that you are God's sent one to the people around you to preach the gospel, to disciple them, then it's most likely that you'll always struggle to even see an opportunity to disciple somebody in your workplace, in your school, in your community. Okay, so this scripture there says, go and make disciples of all nations. And you're going, we're always going somewhere. Even after this church service, we are going somewhere. Some of us are going home, some of us are going to the mall. Like we're already on the go all the time. But if we believe that wherever we go, we are sent one, sent by God to go, share the gospel, and make disciples, that will change everything. Because now, we, like I said, we go everywhere, we are everywhere, and we do all the good works. Okay? So we are very kind to people, we're very nice to them, we encourage them in life, we train them, we teach, like we do so much for so many people, and that's great. It's a demonstration of God's love. But we need to proclaim the gospel. Because you know, like people see your goodness as a good person, they would desire to become that, they would be inspired to become that. But let me tell you, Good people don't go to heaven. Born again and saved people go to heaven. You know? So we need to be in a place where we actually desire and, and, and like really take that step of faith to make an impact in somebody's life, an impact that would actually like change their lives for eternity. Because then we can do good, we can be good, but you know what, in the end, they still get to go to hell. So how good was good then? Okay, and then, I'm not biased, I just don't know how to talk about missions and nations without including the young people. So, yes, there we have it. To get to the nations and unreached people groups tomorrow, we need to get involved in reaching and discipling the young people today. Okay, so to get to the nations and unreached people groups tomorrow, we need to get involved in reaching and discipling the young people today. And why do I say this? Because the young people are mostly on the move, you know? So they are in our university campuses, they are in our workplace, and like when you're sitting around and just listening to your friends, talking about their future plans, what they want to do, what they want to become, for the most part, it involves them going somewhere else. But even like in your, in your friendships at work now, just hearing where everyone is from, you would realize, like if we actually disciple these people well, when they go back to where they are from, they will start to make an impact. Okay, so the young people are already in our universities, they are in, um, in our offices here around Benduk, we disciple those people today, and we do it well. So when they go back to wherever they will believe God is leading them, they start to bring transformation in those areas. Okay? So if you want to uh, disciple a Muslim person or a Hindu person, 
you're not necessarily going to just walk in their nation and start, you know. But if they, they come out of there to come to study in University of Namibia, you disciple them. So when they go back there, they're going back to their own people. You, you'll be kicked out. They, they won't be kicked out. They're like me, I belong here. This is home. I'm not going anywhere. So they have to listen to them. They would see now the Holy Spirit witnessing. They would see this person's life. They would hear the gospel being preached by this person. And then it would be easy for the people to, um, to hear the gospel. Because most of the un unreached people groups are actually very closed. You can't get in. So the best way is to say, you know what? I finished here at university. I'm working here. I'm going to trust God for, um, let's say, Canada right now. It has a whole lot of um, internationals from everywhere. They're just there, you know. So then, like, Lord, I'm going to look for a job in Canada, or I'm going to look for a scholarship to study in Canada, and I would disciple, like, I'm just going to go there. I would do well in my academics or at work, but I'm trusting for just one person from a Hindu, like, people group, or Buddha, or Muslim, or whatever. I'm going to uh, build a friendship with this person. I'm going to disciple them well and really plant that in their hearts to be missionary. Whenever they go back home, they will start um, sowing seed, preaching the gospel, and discipling people. That is more easy as compared to, Lord, open the door for me in the Hindu nation. He will do it because, I mean, like, we don't necessarily have to settle for what is easy and what not. But I'm saying that even for this student to actually listen to you, knowing that you are Christian, they are more open to it when they are outside of their own people. Okay? That's why even when we are reaching out, when we see a group, we're like, I'm just going to pray, walk around this one. But, like, if you see an individual, you're like, Jesus loves you, you know? So that's how it happens. And like I'm saying, it is easy to see somebody from a closed-off people group that is unreached when you find them somewhere else in a university or in an office somewhere else. You can disciple this person and really tell them, like, when you go back, we are counting on you. You are the missionary to this people group. You know, make disciples. Okay? Uh, so I'm going to share some stories now, um, just from my friends in the mission field. Yeah, I know, you know, Mel. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I'm going to share stories really just to show us that it is possible to be in school now, trusting God to study somewhere, getting a scholarship there or getting an opportunity to study there and then starting making disciples. And it is possible to be working well established in your workplace, but st starting to sense a call to the nations, believing God to send you somewhere and actually looking for a job on the other side and then be part of a church plant or support an existing plant, okay? And also, it is possible for a mom and dad to pack up their family, go to a different nation, and start making disciples, okay? So like I said, the Great Commission is for all of us, and this is the pursuit for the nation, and it starts at home, okay? So number one there, we have uh, Melinda Otto in this picture. So we first met in Berlin. We went there for a 10-day mission. Um, so we became friends, and we were just talking about nations and praying. So we processed the whole mission. Coming back home uh, to Africa, she's from South Africa. Uh, she messaged me one day, you know what, Selma? It was great being in Berlin for those 10 days, but um, I have a heart for those people. I am going back. Huh, I was moved. I was like, I don't have your faith because I cannot stand the cold. I got snowed on. Like the third day in the mission field, I was like, Lord, I've counted all the costs. This one. 
I was, I was literally traumatized. Like, I could not. I came here, and I think, I remember I had to go to, um, there was a wedding I had to go to in a warm place. I was like with my red, that red jacket. People are thinking, what's, what's wrong with you? I'm like, don't ask me, ask the Lord. I was somewhere, something, I was traumatized by the cold. But I had my friend saying she is going back. She was ready to resign and start raising a ministry partnership, get in the plane, and then go to Berlin. So she moved there last year, August, August, September. And that is a picture of our first small group, you know. She has been faithfully labored, shared the gospel to her classmates, uh, blockmates, because she's now in the hostel. And that was our first group and only happened uh, last week, basically, you know. So for a couple of months since August, really faithfully laboring, sharing the gospel to the students, inviting them, and now the work is picking up. Okay. And there in the picture on my left, there is Pokazi. She's the one with the red lipstick. And with the eyes like mine also, she's there with all the Namibian girls. I think that was the campus conference last year, you know. So this lady was also in our campus ministry in um, South Africa. She, she, she sensed a call to the nations, and she responded, okay? So she started going on 10-day missions, and she went to school of world, uh, world mission in Manila. That school lasted uh, last about four to five months. And then she went even on a 10-day mission while she's in the school. And then now, she was just formally released from Rosebank, going to Thailand, you know. And she's going to focus specifically on sex trafficking, rescuing the girls and dealing with the guys. I was just like, oh, your faith. I'm like, I'll pray with you. Huh? I am there praying, you know, that I'm really trusting God that when she goes there, because her heart is really sold out. Sure, she already went for scouting. She had already scouted the land. She scouted the course. She's seen the possibility she could die, she could leave, whatever. But if she dies, she dies. That's, that's fine with her. But as, as we're speaking right now, she's finalizing her ministry partnership. She has packed her bag. She's already released from all our ministry duties in Rosebank. She's on the way to Thailand. Okay? And then we have Saskia, the, the tall lady in this picture. You can see she's not Asian because every other person is shorter than her. Okay? <laughs> so she started off as a freelancer, um, music, arts, and, you know, just working for herself in South Africa. And she sends a call to the nations. So then she left all of that and then started uh, serving first as an intern and then doing uh, music, uh, every nation music here in, in South Africa and then going into communications and whatnot. So we went together to the campus conference in uh, Manila 2017 and right there, God said, it is time. So she'd always known that she would go cross-cultural, you know. So like right in that, in that uh, student conference, God said, it is time. And I actually want you to start here. So she thought it's a bit weird because like Manila is fast growing. There's so many stuff. There's just so many of everyone. If you need leaders, there are a lot. If you need volunteers, there are a lot. There are just so many. So then she came back home and like processing the conference and what happened there. Then she wrote an, uh, an email to somebody in, in, in Manila. And they actually told her that, you know, around that same time, we were praying and trusting God for somebody to be added to our music team. So we didn't have resources to hire someone, but we were just praying that God will send us somebody around this time, okay? So then she was like, that is confirmation. So she went, uh, she'd been there for a couple of months, and then now she is back home uh, recuperating. So she has served well in the music, the communications in Manila, and just 
like wherever there is need, she will avail herself, okay? And then here we have, um, that is a very difficult name. I always have to read it. Madeleine. 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 Okay. So she was studying, she was doing postgrad and also working in the University of Stellenbosch. Okay. So she was doing postgrad and also working there um, in the education department. And she sent a call to the nations in the middle of the year. Like God was like, it's time. She was like, to go, I will go, but in the middle of the year, that's a bit, you know, it doesn't make sense, okay? So then, because she had always had a heart for Africa, she started looking for jobs for Af uh, in Africa, right? And she got two offers, but at the same time, she also, like, noticed um, an opening for teachers in Abu Dhabi. So she applied, she got in, so then she's like, okay, I have two job offers from Africa and one from Abu Dhabi, so she chose Abu Dhabi. And what happened then... The Sunday she came to church, they put all the nations, like where every nation is believing to plant a church, and Abu Dhabi was one of them. So she was like, ah, this is confirmation. So I'm going to be part of a church plant, and I will um, do anything. If they want me to uh, put out chairs, you know, serving, ushering, even music, although I can't sing really or be, do anything in the band, like I'm just available. So she gets there six months in, she was in her room and like, okay, Lord, I'm here. What do you want me to do? And then the obvious, okay, it's not a small group. So she started a small group in her hostel room. Um, and that small group grew so much. And then they're like, okay, this is good, but we need a group where we can invite our unsaved friends to come and hear the gospel. So then they started a social group. So they will meet for Connect, and then they will have a social that is open to everyone. And then from the social they take people feeding into their discipleship group, okay? So then over time, this group grew into 1,500 people. Yes. <laughs> so then she started making phone calls, guys, send us a pastor, like all those people that are needed for church because I'm just a disciple-making disciple, you know? So it was so amazing that now they have eight Sunday services in a weekend. Eight. <laughs> Um, and in, in different languages, you know, like in different languages there in Abu Dhabi. And that church in Abu Dhabi also planted another church, okay? And she, when like things are blooming, everything is going so well, the Lord is like, well done, faithful servant, next. So she was like, hi, Lord, I don't want to leave. You know, things are just, mm. So then she had to go to L.A. And it's a small, uh, she, she called it a small town, you know? So then she went there, same thing. She went there, working, started a small group in her room, and they were just doing a purple book, and then it grew, and from that LA church, they planted Pakistan, you know? And now she is back home in Somerset West, just recuperating and like really discerning God's call for her life next, you know? So this, this, this lady's like, I am just a disciple, making disciples who make disciples, and like the, God is doing the work of expanding his kingdom, okay? And... Then we have two families. Here is Fela Pretorius Jr. There's two of them. It's quite tricky when you have to send an email to Pretoria because there's Fela Pretorius Senior and Junior, but it's Fela P at E N Swane. Like I'm thinking, <laughs> wow, you know? So he is in there and he is now pastoring a young professional congregation. 
uh, but they also sense the call to the nation, the Netherlands. Uh, so they're actually relocating. So that is now the three of them, but they have a smaller baby. So he said, I'm going to send this picture because with the other baby, we don't have decent family pictures to be used, you know. So you can have this one with Noah in it. But they're relocating to the Netherlands June, July this year. And it's amazing to see, like for them, they're already working here. But then now he's going to go in as a master's student. It is the best way to get into that nation at this moment. So he applied for master's. So while he's working, he is uh, planting a church, you know, and also like making disciples and the wife will be there supporting. And then on this side, on the left, that is Jack Snyman. Uh, he is from Paul. And he was actually a student, a ministry school student, and I actually met him through the school um, as a mentor. I was mentoring them, like his group. And it's amazing to see that we would speak about nations, pray for his MPD. And he's actually joining the Netherlands church plant. Um, so he's going to be serving. The, he was a professional. He's a professional rugby player, but also like a sports scientist. Uh, so he has to resign, get trained, go into the school of, um, of church planting. And then now he's joining that, you know, him and his family also. So, and now with the, with the Netherlands team, there are even people from us here that have put up their hands to go and support. And that is really amazing. And they have a whole lot of young professionals that are going with them. So they started applying for jobs in the Netherlands already last year. So they would go in as tent makers. So they're working and they are making disciples in the free time, in the evenings or during lunch or early mornings. Okay. So that is just to say that if we get to avail ourselves for God, he will use us. And we're never too young or too old to be used by God, okay? So what he, he needs is just our availability, okay? So understanding that this great commission applies to me too. So Lord, I am here. This is where you've placed me or this is where you are calling me. What do you want me to do? And you leave that to him and he will take, he will really take you up on that one, okay? So when I was um, just busy remembering and listening to my friend's stories again, uh, the one thing, and Saskia said it so well, that us as believers, we need to cultivate a lifestyle of immediate obedience. Okay? So we might be sitting here, and God is speaking to us concerning a certain person, a certain uh, people group, or a certain nation. Let us not negotiate with the Lord. Let us not reason too much. Like for me, it doesn't work. The moment I start reasoning, I reason myself out of obedience. It's just happened, you know? And you know, delayed obedience is disobedience. So as believers, let us become those people that immediately respond to the Lord in faith, in obedience. So when he says, my, my daughter, my son, Angola, then Angola it is. You know, take a step of faith, start preparing. Pack your bags, say your goodbyes, get in the plane. It is that simple. Not easy, but it is that simple. Okay? So the significance of the Great Commission. The greatest commission is the greatest challenge ever given to men. Imagine like Jesus saying, go and make disciples of all the nations. It's not that simple. It's a great challenge, you know? And it is given by that greatest person that has ever lived. Jesus. Set an example for us. The greatest missionary there is. He left heaven 
for you and I. Coming here, becoming one of us, dying on the cross for our sins. Okay? Concerning the greatest power. We know the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Okay? And that power ever revealed and the greatest promise ever recorded. So our salvation, eternity with God, and Jesus present like he is with us always to the end of age. To preach the greatest message. Man, the gospel is good news. It is a great message. We need to preach it. Sometimes it's temptation to just demonstrate, demonstrate, you know, they will know by what I do that I'm a Christian. Dear, after knowing and seeing all that, they will still not believe in God because you never shared the gospel and you never invited them in. So when they die, they will die knowing that there was a great person who did amazing things. They are somewhere in heaven. I am in hell. Yeah? So it is best that we proclaim the gospel as far as possible. Okay? And to the greatest platform, like for us sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the greatest platform, which is the whole world. Basically, there is space for all of us to make an impact for the gospel. The whole world. You just, Lord, which nation, which people group, which city, which town, I am available, and then he will take it from there. Okay? So then, like I said, um, our last scripture, Revelation 7, verse 9, it says there, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, uh, verse 10, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Basically, this means that we will win. It is there, it is written that every nation on earth will be represented in heaven one day. So now you and I have a privilege of becoming part of what God is doing in bringing in every nation, and we have a responsibility to the lost and to the nations to preach the gospel. Okay, so have you checked uh, in, on your chair or your neighbor's chair? You will find this little nicely designed paper. Okay? Take it home, pray, get involved, okay? So the first thing there, how can we get involved in what God is doing in the nation? Why pursuing the nation? How can we do it? So number one is to pray, okay? And when you are praying, like we have this 938 prayer, uh, maybe 938, you know, the harvest is plentiful, now pray to the Lord of the harvest. And so when we're praying those prayers for more people to be released in the mission field, be willing and ready to be an answer to your own prayer. Don't be praying like, Lord, send those people, man. They are just here, send them. Ne? So when you are praying, you're like, Lord, I am available. And when you are praying, don't, not, no shotgun prayer. Bless the missionaries, amen. No, pray as you would pray for yourself. There are missionaries that are really working in hard grounds. They are being persecuted. Like, really cry out to God for them. They get tired, you know. They get discouraged when they're showing up to discipleship group and no one is pitching. When they're messaging, reaching out, people are not responding. So pray for them, okay? And then give. 
Both prayer, giving, and going is an act of faith. But like the faith that comes with giving, especially finances. That's like another level, okay? Because like if you want to give to the work of the Lord, and then you look to the budget, it's a wrong start. You lost it. It's done. You're not going to give. You will never have enough money for everything you need. It is just how it is, you know? But like if you have the faith that, Lord, I'm going to sow this $10 uh, in this work that is happening here, that $10 would go a long way in impacting a person's life, you know? Because normally you want to do things for God. Like, so it's not just like looking at yourself, ah, I can't speak well in front, I can't do this, da, da, da. Sometimes we're tempted to look at our budget, you know, bank account, if and do what are you saying? If you do that, but you really have the heart to give to the nations or the work that is happening in the nation, you have lost it. You know, because your bank account, your budget will always tell a different story. It's an act of faith. You need to have the faith of giving and seeing lives transformed. Okay, so having the faith that as I am giving, God will meet my needs. He will provide for me. And like also understanding like with that faith comes with, I am just a steward of what I have right now. You know, great, good stewards are actually generous people. If you believe that the money is not yours, it is just for you to steward and like channel it where God wants it to be. It helps you in your generosity towards what's happening in the nations. Okay, and then go. It is the action word that starts our main scripture for today. Okay, So God is sending you to your family members, to your neighbors, to your community, to your, to your workmates, to different nations. Do not delay. If it's in your heart, God is already speaking to you, or you're trusting him, take a step of faith. You just need to step out there. God will catch you. He is a good father. More than that, he is a good shepherd. Like he said it over, I am a good shepherd. Okay, so we can trust him as we take a step of faith to go where we believe God is leading us. Okay, so then I want to speak to two groups of people in this, um, in, this, in this room this morning. So if you are here and you're like, Ish, God has been speaking to me either to pray for missionaries, like, you know, when it's three o'clock and you suddenly just wake up and there's specific people on your heart or like specific nations, but you're like, you know, it's a bit cold. I also went to bed late. I can't pray right now. I'm going to make a note of it, pray tomorrow morning. So you've been getting opportunities from God to either to pray or to give or to go to someone or to the nations. But then you've been like delaying and holding back and I'm not sure. I don't think I can do this. You know, I want to assure you this morning that you have all it takes to do what God is requiring of you. He is a good father. He will never require of you anything that he has not already given. He has given you salvation. He has given you the Holy Spirit. He has given you gift and talent. So there is no excuse. Okay? So if you're here and you're thinking, I have missed it. You know, I have had opportunities and it just didn't work. It is not too late. It's really never too late to be used by God. So it, it just takes a, a simple step of saying, okay, Lord, I recognize that you've been giving me opportunities or calling me here, but I've been uh, scared or I actually got hurt before or whatever it is that has happened. You're being as real with God and saying, you know what, Lord, I'm going to try again. I'm going to go back to that place where I could trust you to give 
or to pray or to go to the nations. Okay. Because really we are called to be salt and light. The world around us is decaying. People are dying. People are lost. And you know what is more said with the people that are lost around us? They do not have a concept of light. They've always been in darkness, so they don't even know how lost they are. So we need to go out there and shine the light. We need to go out there as salt and preserve this decaying, dying world. So we can actually start today without immediate obedience. If it means going home and writing down names of colleagues that do not know the Lord yet and start to intentionally pray for them, build friendships with them with the end goal of preaching the gospel to them and connecting them to a local church, you know, if it means inviting them in your house, in your space, you know, sharing meals and like just doing everything possible to draw them closer to God. Because sometimes we really sit, we hear the, the word of the Lord, we're reading it at home, you know, we are seeing, we are hearing testimonies. But somehow, like it is for those people, we separate ourselves. Like I said, it's both a privilege to be part of what God is doing, but it's also a responsibility. Sharing the gospel and making disciples. Okay. So if you feel like you've missed so many chances of being used by God, or you're not good enough to be used by God, whatever it is, I want to assure you that it's not too late. And if you feel like this is just not for me, it is for those other people, I want to remind you today, it is for you too. Okay. So I'm going to pray uh, for us. So may we just rise and then pray and we will have Lord God, we want to thank you this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a God of second chances, Lord. And it doesn't matter how much, Lord God, we miss the way, um, how many times we, we mess up, Lord. We thank you that you are a good Father, always drawing us back, Lord God, fighting for us, doing everything possible to put us in the right path, Lord. And this morning, Father God, we want to pray, Lord, for just us who've been sitting and just living this uh, Christian life and just, you know, aiming to get to heaven. Not even concern, concerned about the lost or what's happening in the nations or in different people groups, but I pray, God, that you'll begin to stir our hearts. I pray, God, that you'll begin to really just um, open up our minds and our hearts, our resources, Lord God, and even showing us, Lord, where you want to use us, Father God. I pray, God, that you will impart in us the heart for the nations, the heart for the lost, Lord God. May you constantly remind us, Lord God, of where you found us, how you saved us, Lord, and how you really continuously journeying with us in this life, Lord. And may we begin to desire that for the people that do not have, uh, have a relationship with you yet, Lord. And I pray, Father God, for um, some of us who feel like we have lost it, it's too late now. It's done. God would never even use me because of A, B, and C. Lord, I pray that you would remind us, Father, of your grace that is available for us to actually make a right decision today and give our hearts fully, Father God, to what you are doing in the nations, in our community, 
in our social circles, Lord God. I pray, Father God, when we have believed a lie about who you are, about who we are, and what you want to do through us, Lord. I pray and I repent, Lord God, as we part ways with those lies this moment, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that we would embrace the identity that is found only in you, Father. Being children of God, co-heirs with Christ, and missionaries on this earth, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you continuously remind us that we are your sent one, the missionaries to the different places that we find ourselves, Lord. And I pray, God, for the grace to demonstrate your love wherever we go, but even more so, the courage, the boldness to proclaim the gospel, Father, that we will not be ashamed to share the gospel with words, Lord. So I pray, Father God, as we go from here, Lord, that our hearts will continue to be set on you and our hearts will break for what break yours, God. And I pray that you protect our hearts and our minds against doubt, fear, any insecurity, and everything else that keep us from being south and light where we are, God. And I pray, Father God, that you protect everything that you're doing in us and through us this morning. It will not go to waste and it will not be lost. Bless us. Bless our families and our resources, Lord. And may you help us use everything that you have freely given us to reach the nations, to disciple the nations, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.